Afterlife is an explicit podcast, not suitable for all viewers. Please check the episode description for more details. All right, welcome back. This is Afterlife, a Dungeons and Dragons podcast set in 5e, where we have our four strangers, well, I guess uh, three strangers today, flung into the infinite domain, trying to find their way out. Courted by death, they get one wish if they are to defeat their pillars. And we're going to go in a round robin, starting with Aaron Rash. Hi. I play Ophelia Afton, and fun fact, she is allergic to peanuts, very severely. Allergic to peanuts? Allergic. Eat my ass. You're going to regret that later. They're going to be like, surprise, peanuts. (laughs) My name is Tyler Waddell, and I'm playing Lucas Gray. Fun fact about Lucas, last episode he was constructed out of baby skin. Um, His only prior experience with babies was when he flew to France, and a lady Gave him a child to hold and said she'd be back, and she didn't come back. I felt like you left at the <laughs> climax of this story. Oh, no, no, no. Next episode, we can get part two of the story. Yeah. We can just release yeah. it in parts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wanted you to, like, punt, kick the baby back to her. Jesus. <laughs> I'm Aaron Phoenix, and I play uh, Suya Hoki. And fun fact about him is uh, his character is inspired from another character, uh, an arcane named Echo. Oh, wait. No, that's the... Uh... Probably the only black guy in there. Yeah, I was about to say, it's the only black guy in there, right? <laughs> So, hi, I'm Brett. I feel like this is an AA hi, meeting. Brett. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Brett. I am the co-DM along with Brennan. Should we just do fun facts about the infinite domain? Oh, okay. Here's one about the infinite domain. It was inspired by the Legend of Zelda map from Breath of the Wild. Holy shit, I forgot we used that as a reference. <laughs> All right, we should just get into it. No, we <laughs> called roleplay. Thank you very much. Uh, I got confused. I'm sorry. Last time on Afterlife. So you four were greeted by Asriel in the dining room where you guys see everybody get slaughtered. You guys let out of the prison cells indirectly. Your guys' fault. But anyways, everybody dies. You guys sit down to talk to Asriel. Asriel proposes a deal to you and extends his hand out and says uh, for you guys to join his forces. Before you guys could even answer or think about what you guys wanted to do, an explosion happened on the side of the courthouse. You guys were met by Gilbert, or Gilby, as we call him. And Gilby tells you guys, you know, the Terminator, follow me if you guys want to live. But on you guys' way out, Finn, the character that is actually not here during this recording, and we're going to be doing a separate recording with him to show his experiences while he's incapacitated by a spell by Azrael, you guys fled the courthouse, I'm assuming, correct? Yeah, we are running to leave. And that's where we're going to pick up. Before we continue, who's carrying Finn? I don't know. I was dragging him. I, I think you came over and picked him up. Yeah. Okay. So me and Ophelia are running for the hole, and he's carrying Finn. So you just got Finn's back of his head, palm in his hand. He's just carrying him. <laughs> oh, he's like palming his head like a basketball. Yeah, he's his limbs just like dragging? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, and now, Gilby. Oh, move your feet. Let's go. Let's go. We got to move. As he looks over at Suya, he realizes that he's dragging someone along that could be of importance. So he runs over and he, he kind of grabs him and fireman throws him over his shoulder as you all kind of leave out of this hole. And as you leave this hole, you come across what almost looks like back alleys that are leading through this innermost ring of the city. So as you're running down this back alley, you're passing like beautiful mansions, wonderful manors, like places that the wealthy, the elite would live and a few of them kind of glance out at you um, they see Gilby shirtless just carrying a fin over him as well as the other three of you running alongside and they just kind of slowly sink back into their mansions and as you you're kind of running um, can hear forces around you start to almost muster hear the sounds of people marching towards you it sounds like they're far off in the distance and it sounds more like they're converging towards the courthouse that you just left so as you round the corner in this back alley you come across what appears 
appear to be three soldiers in varying states of preparedness. It appears as if they are kind of only wearing portions of their armor, and it looks like none of them are carrying weapons except for one in the back, and it only appears that he's carrying a ceremonial dagger. And right before they see you, Gilby pushes you guys back into the corner to where you guys can game plan. So you guys going to uh, skip out on the um, planning and he's just going to go out there and uh, run towards him. Roll for initiative. <laughs> Roll for initiative, I guess. <laughs> a hero. <laughs> I can't see. It's an eight. eight. Oh, it's eight. Okay. Got two plus two. Are the rest of you guys running uh, after him? Can I stay back? Is that an option or do I have to roll for initiative? <laughs> I'm not going to barge in there like a fucking crazy person. So since we're entering combat, you still will need to roll for initiative. So however the first person fucks up and starts the combat, combat starts for everyone from that point. Because then you have to start going in turn-based order. Thank you for that. Yeah. yeah hide and fuck that. Was it a fucking Yeah, that one? Yeah. Jesus Christ. It's fitting. You weren't trying to fight anyway. So whenever it comes to initiative, how it works is it's basically the start of combat. Once combat is initiated, everyone has to roll initiative. And then initiative determines the order that people are then able to take actions in because everyone is oh, in that six second right, time right. frame from then on. So like she's probably still not spotted because she's still behind the corner right with Gilby. Yeah, Lucas hollers out, wait, wait, and then runs in to follow him. So Ophelia, she peeks around the corner and she watches what is going on, but she'll back them up if things go sideways. So she's just taking everything in to see how they fight. Uh, Gilbert decides that he's going to just hang back, flex his muscles because he's doing a very important job of carrying Finn and he got a 16 for his initiative. So he's going to take the first action of just kind of sitting back. I'm doing and, nothing. So Suya, actually, since you are running up on these guards and they are in a state of unpreparedness, um, you will get a attack of opportunity. Oh, yes. awesome. So you'll get one free movement action bonus action all that so it's just three of them is the alleyway pretty wide or is it like pretty narrow like how they ordered it it's probably? narrow enough that they are kind of standing side by side um shoulder to shoulder with two of them closest to you and then one in the back so reverse bowling pin order got you okay or I guess I could just say reverse triangle order. Yeah. Like reverse that. bowling pin was great. Yeah, yeah. I think reverse yeah. bowling pin gets the point across. So none of us currently actually have a weapon, don't we? Uh, that is correct. You guys are all bare. Although I do believe, Aaron, you do have a net. Whether or not you're wearing it as fishnet stockings is okay. undecided. But um, you do have a net. Perfect. Okay, I can work with that. So he is going to shift into his uh, bigger wolf form. I actually, I don't know how tall he gets, but uh, whenever he shifts, he pretty much grows a little bit in size and he actually turns more into his like animal side, look more like a werewolf. Um, and then I'll just hit the guy to the right of me. Out of claw. Since it's technically considered an unarmored strike, um, you are proficient with it. And it would be based off of your strength modifier. Roll an eight, plus my strength and my proficiency. Got a 14. Does that hit? That does hit. Perfect. So he's walking up to these guys. Um, he's head first, looking at the guy to the right. And as he's slowly walking up to these people, you start to see his fur grow more on him. He grows in size. He's shifting more over to his wolf form. Um, and as soon as he gets close up, after he gets unshifting, he's already in front of the guy who's going to be on the right-hand side. And he just comes down with a right claw to his chest. So since they are both considered bonus actions going into a rage state as well as going into your shifting form, um, you can only get one per turn for these first two turns. So one turn you'll change into animal forms. Next turn you'll be able to then rage. So he uh, walks up to the three soldiers, I can say, uh, that are not quite prepared. Um, as he walks up to them, he's growing in anger. You know, he's trying to pump himself up and he uses his uh, shifter form, um, which makes him grow in size and 
and he also looks more along the lines of his wolf side. And about the time he gets done shifting, he's going to be in front of the uh, two soldiers and he's going to make an unarmed claw strike with his right hand, the guy to his right, and it's going to try to claw across his chest. All right, so you're going to roll for strength? All right, so um, I rolled a eight. Then I'm going to use my strength modifier and my proficiency bonus, uh, which is going to be plus six. So 14. Does that hit? Yes. Perfect. So then I'm going to roll a d4, um, then add my strength to it. And I rolled a four. Um, and then add my mono strength modifier again. So plus four. So it will be eight. So the plus for strength is going to be for attack. It's, it's two hit. And then as far as the damage goes, it's just going to be a straight D4. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to go that route. Sounds good. So then I'm going to roll a D4 and I, I rolled a four for damage. All right. So you go up to the guy on the right and you just stick out your claws up from your hand and you just rake it across his face and he's visibly distraught. So next up, it will be Gilbert's turn and he is going to kind of throw Finn over his shoulders like a shirtless firefighter on the front of a cover, posing with a hose, but instead of a hose across his shoulders, it's it's Finn's body as he just kind of squeezes and tries to thrust out his pecs. After that, it will be the three guards' turns. After they all see Suya go up and just rake his claws against one of their friends' face, noticeably they're all like, the fuck, man, as they all kind of come over to him and kind of surround him. The two in front are going to try and make unarmored attacks against him, and the one in back is going to try and make a dagger strike against him. So the first two are going to try to swing at you with their bare knuckle brawl. The first one, after you kind of scraped him, you scratched his eyeball so he can't see shit out of one eye. So his depth perception is just totally skewed and he, he swings up at you, a square hit right in the face, but it's like five feet to the right as he just blatantly misses. The other guy gets a little bit closer, but you're, you're kind of able to duck in out of the way and it once again just kind of whips by. However, the third guy, as he comes up with his dagger, underhand thrusts it up. Up into you, it does actually strike and make contact. So yeah, after you're able to strike the first guard, um, his friend is like, the fuck? And he takes his dagger and does the same thing to you. And instead of slashing with claws, he slashes your face with the dagger and deals four damage to your face. All right. And next up is Lucas's turn. All right. He's going to try to run up and tackle the, uh, the guy with the knife that just stabbed him. All right. So you are going to try and make a grapple check. So we are going to roll strength and strength opposed. I got 17 plus 2, 19. All right. That, okay. And the opposed got a nat one. You fucking body rock his ass. Like he was not prepared at all. He was slightly off balance after like making his, his, his wild slash and hitting Suya. And as you tackle him, his, his dagger ends up um, kind of slipping and it kind of actually shanks him in his own shoulder as he kind of lands and you're just on top of him in like a wrestler pose. All right. And after that, we will roll over to Ophelia. How badly did he rock the guy with the dagger? Shit. They're both on the ground. The guard that fell with the dagger does have the dagger kind of stuck now in his shoulder blade. Okay, I'm gonna help Suya since he's injured and there's two of them, right? Okay, yeah, so there are two standing and then the one on the ground that Lucas is entwined with. Is there any way I could like shove them into each other? No, because Lucas, or I'm sorry, Suya is in between. In between, them. Yes. gotcha, okay. So it's not gay, it's a three-way with a homie in the middle. It's gay cubed. I want to take out the one that has his face slashed over his eye. I kind of want to hit him where it hurts. Okay. So if I could punch him, and the injured eye. That way he's, you know, more hurt than he is. Okay, so you can run up to him and then I'm going to have you roll an attack roll. All right, you got a natural 20. 
Also, so. since you are flanking, you get to roll an additional d20. If you roll two d20s in a row, you are going to do four times damage. This is a homebrew thing that we have discussed, and I absolutely love it. So it's a one in 400 chance, so we'll see what happens. And it's a four. So we'll go with the natural 20, which means that on your strike, it will do double damage. For damage on an unarmored strike, it is going to be one plus your strength modifier. She comes out from over the corner. She sprints at the guy and she jumps and she kicks him straight in the eye. Um, I don't I don't know what kind of kick that's called, but she just jumps and she kicks his eye. Toe digs in. Yeah. <laughs> so as you kind of kick, you kind of feel something squishy under your feet. And as your foot kind of comes back, you realize that the eyeball is stuck on your big toe. Oh, God. I was going to heel kick him. That's what I was going to do. Oh, you were going to heel kick yeah, him. Yeah, because I feel like that's more potent than a toe kick. Are you making like a leap to there? Or are you just like Yeah, running I'm running up, up to him. And then with my momentum, I'm going to jump and heel kick his eye. Oh, I thought you were going to go roundhouse. I changed my answer. <laughs> to roundhouse? I'm going to roundhouse his ass. Roadhouse. Roadhouse. <laughs> I'm glad someone else was thinking the same fucking thing I was. All right. So as you run up and you um, roundhouse kick his eye, you feel and audibly hear a crackle, snapple, and pop as his eye just kind of explodes in his eye socket as you kind of land on the ground then in front of him. Gross. I'm going to complete it and I'm just going to like squish it completely. It's done. In between your struggles, glance over, you see Gilbert now in the alleyway with you guys instead of being stuck around the corner. However, he is now flossing between his legs with um, Finn's limp body as he is flexing and doing almost a stripper dance as if Finn's body was a shirt instead of Finn. No, no. <laughs> no, that's not. <laughs> what? <laughs> They committed an act of terrorism, and now Gilbert is just flossing with, you know what, this is your character, I'm gonna let you do you. <laughs> How is that humanly possible? I want details. Oh yeah, so he is a large man, and Finn is a small, lengthy man, so he is able to grab his ankle, and then grab his wrist, and then he's just flossing in between his legs with Finn's unconscious body. I am so sorry, Kane, if you are listening to this. Now it is the guard's turns, so I will first roll strength check, so Lucas, if you could actually roll me a strength opposed, <laughs> and he's going to try and break out. 17. So nobody's going to comment on like this action. So you guys are just going to watch him. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not even looking at it. We're preoccupied with these soldiers over yeah, here. Oh, no, he's flossing. <laughs> my character is occupied and I'm just trying to wash it from my mind. <laughs> we are here with Kane, aka Findalto Pendleton. And we are also here with the co DM, Brett. Hello, this is Brett, the co DM. Also here with Finn. So he's got nothing to add. So uh, <laughs> we are actually recording this separately from all the other casts just because this is just in Finn's mind. So we're trying to play this as realistically to the campaign as possible. So we're just going to jump right in like what we see and well, actually what he sees and where he's at right now. How the fuck do you describe this place? Um, I got you. An illusionary world, a world that stretches on as far as the mind can see. Clouds lazily drift by in the blue sky as the stillness of a pond stretches out before you. You find yourself standing in this pond with nothing around. No sounds, not even a breeze, although the clouds are drifting lazily through the sky. As I start to come to my own sort of consciousness, as I'm kind of watching the clouds drift by, I kind of stare at the ground or water, that amorphous kind of reflection on the ground. 
as you stare at the ground, the reflection that is staring back up at you is one that you're extremely familiar with, as it is the reflection of yourself in your past life. A fin that is still whole, that has not undergone the changes of being brought to this new world. A fin unchanged by death. As I stare into the reflection, there's a lot of emotions that are rushing through Finn's head. As he looks down, he almost gets nostalgic, but also there's a little bit of freedom whenever he looks towards his hand. He kind of starts to grip at his hands and he starts to look around a little, a little bit more frantically. He can't tell. He's losing grip on reality, so he's starting to now look around. And if he can, he's going to try and walk. As he looks around, he sees the beauty and the stillness of this world. Nothing as far as the eye can see, other than the clouds drifting by, both above him in the sky, as well as below him in the reflection of the water. As everything's starting to drift through his mind, as he gets lost in thought, he's trying to hold on to his memories, what feels real. He's trying to think of Emmy. And then he remembers the power that he got from the fever dream, or whatever reality he was thrust into, and he's going to try and generate that same feeling. Finn is able to feel a power welling up inside of him. And as he kind of glances up in front of him, he notices a strange object, a door. I was going to say almost as if out of Monsters, Inc., but then I realized that kind of is a buzzkill. <laughs> I go with it. We got a 2319, 2319. Eldritch Blast over and over. As Brett was saying, so a picture like a heat mirage coming out as if you're looking straight down this watery path and through the waves, you just start to see this door appear. As I start to look through the like fluctuating air, I start to make my way towards it. Am I actually closing distance? You are. Every step you take, it seems like you're getting close closer and closer, almost as if your steps are taking you farther than what they should. As I'm taking these steps, I'm going to look at my reflection real quickly and see if everything's matching up. Your reflection is still that of your previous life. Then I'm going to pick up the pace and start bounding towards the door. And at this point, you're moving faster than an Olympic sprinter. And within a few seconds, you are able to reach the door. It stretches out in front of you within grasping distance. I look at the ground one more time, try and to catch any bear. I just can't believe that my face is my face again. As my hands are touching a more full version of my face, not the gaunt version that I had just become accustomed to that's more masculine and less androgynous, I take a deep breath. I channel that energy one more time and I grasp the handle and I'm going to open the door. Firmly grasp it. <laughs> <laughs> so you grasp the door. Do you walk through the door? Yes. I open it first and I kind of like peek in. So I'm just going to like crack the door open and peek in. And then you see just a narrow lit hallway that looks like office buildings. I immediately close the door for a second as the last thing I remember that happened to me before I had my meltdown as I was meandering through civilization. I had a poor encounter. So I'm going to gather my wits again and I'm just going to full force open the door, walk in and close it behind me. And I'm holding my breath as I walked in. As you walk through the door, you can almost feel a void from where you left. Looking back, it reveals that the door has vanished and the corridor that stretches in front of you is mirrored behind you. I hate this, is what I say out loud. As I kind of push my hand into where the door was, try and wiggle it around, slap at the air again, exhale. That was all with the air in my lungs <laughs> and I'm gonna turn back and I'm gonna start walking where's the closest doorway you said it was like a bunch of office buildings or office like doorways 
So we're pulling inspiration off of the back rooms. So have that in mind, but just know that there are places within these hallways, corridors, office spaces where there's very lit places and there's very non-lit places. There's doors that are big and doors that are small. You can go through any one of these doors, but it looks like it stretches endlessly. I'm going to go to the nearest doorway immediately to my left, and he's going to push towards that direction. As you open the door, it leads to another corridor, also filled with doorways and wonderful blinking fluorescent lighting. Uh, it's blinking? Well, I mean, all fluorescent has like some blink to it. Some people yeah. can see it, some people can't. It's kind of like that humming noise okay. that's going on. Okay, I was <laughs> such an asshole. <laughs> Okay, I'm sorry. If we're having a laughing break, I had something earlier. Whenever Kane was like waving his hand, all I could think of was the song, the shake it, shake it, shake it, shake it, like a Polaroid. <laughs> what are these doors made out of? Wood. Hmm. I'm going to try and rip this thing off the handles. I'm going to try to rampage Jackson, punch the fuck out of this door and see if I can make any dents. Yeah, roll. I rolled a 19 plus 6 to hit. 25. Fuck. <laughs> what do you do to this door? Well, essentially, the first punch that I'm going to do is going to go elbow deep. I just throw a, the meanest right hook of my life through the middle of this doorway. I'm going to punch it so hard that it gets to my elbow as the splinters start to, like, scratch through. And I pull my arm out. Does the whole stay? But yeah, the whole stays. Well, I think I'm going to do this so that I can mark where I've been. Yeah, he's going to try and mutilate this door. So he's just going to try and rip it off its hinges if he can. Nothing stopping you. Okay, cool. Then he's just gonna keep punching it, just like ripping out. When did we get trains at my house? I have never heard a train once in this fuck. I've been living here for about two years. Okay, so just to give context, we just heard a train go by. I've been living in my house and we're recording this in my house for about two years. I've never once heard a train go by. Um, fuck. I straight up thought that was a sound effect and I was like, oh shit, I just pissed off the train. <laughs> a train comes from behind and it starts chasing you down this corridor. I book it, I start booking it. <laughs> Actually, it's a train of thought. Shark boy, lava girl. I, anyone? I, no, anyone? I literally got it, and I hated that I did. <laughs> yeah, no, me, the, me and you were on the same wavelength. But I was just all like, "Oh my god, I hate what? that." <laughs> yes, I hate. So yes, I'm going to put holes into this door and I'm going to rip it off its hinges. I'm screaming the entire time just trying to get my frustration out as I'm losing my fucking mind because I don't know what is happening. Roll perception with disadvantage. With disadvantage, you cunt. You're mutilating a door. There's not much you're going to see past the fucking door. Calm down. Uh, one was a natural 20, you cunt. Um, with disadvantage. <laughs> yeah, with disadvantage, it's a, what is it? I can't fucking read. 17. So as you're just beating the fuck out of this door, out of the corner of your eye, you see a stark white figure on all four kind of run past out of one door and into another. Well, fuck, I take one of the mutilated parts of the door and I'm going to try and arm myself with it on one of the sharper parts. And I'm going to try and hide behind the doorway that I just broke open. Yeah, so, so you're just gonna, you know, after, you know, he claws the guy and then he gets called back. He's, he's uh, he puts his hand to his face, you know, then, then he puts it down and looks around and then he sees Gilbert Flossen. Then <laughs> and he's gonna stop him and he's just, he's gonna pause for a second and then he's gonna look back at the soldiers. <laughs> you know, you know what you should, you should invoke rage. <laughs> 
Yeah, I'll roll and just see if uh, how angry that uh, Suya gets <laughs> to see Gilbert's floss and his friend back there. I think it was anything over 10 and then you got pissed. Anything lower than 10 and you're still chilling. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. So yeah, I apparently didn't face him. He's <laughs> just like, you know what? I just met the guy yesterday. So <laughs> <laughs> He always seemed kind of fruity to me anyway. <laughs> he probably likes it. Yeah. So it is now the soldier's turn. Um, we're going to start with the soldier who was with the dagger kind of pinned to the ground. So we're going to roll strength and then strength opposed against Lucas. Let's see. I rolled a... I got 19 plus oh 221. All right. You, he stays um, restrained and like, stays grappled. Like the bitch he is. That's right. As you two are kind of rolling on the ground, the dagger in his shoulder kind of catches on like one of the cobblestones and it kind of sticks him to where he's then like stuck on the ground and they just kind of lay on him. You kind of go in the police uh, stop resisting pose um, on his back. You have the right to remain silent. And then the other two are going to turn the one that has not been slashed yet from Suya. He is going to then try and make an unarmored strike against Suya. However, the one that got his eye roundhouse kicked is going to decide that maybe the claws weren't the worst thing that's happened to him so far. So he's going to look over at Ophelia and decide to try and attack her with an unarmored strike. The first one is going to hit Suya, and the second one is also going to hit Ophelia. First one is going to actually kind of go up for an uppercut um, since Suya's been distracted with the dagger slash. Um, the cut was right above his eye, so he has some blood kind of seeping down into it. He tries to bob and weave, but since he uh, is now working in monoscope vision, he tries to bob and he accidentally weaves instead and just goes right into it as he uh, takes two points of damage. And then for Ophelia, the guy with his one eye decides that maybe it's not the best move to try and swing since his depth perception's all fucked up. So he just kind of grabs a hand on each shoulder, kind of rears his head back and goes for a headbutt right onto your forehead and you all also take um, two points of damage. Fuck! Enjoy that Tanjiro headbutt. <laughs> She's been headbutting twice today. Jesus! <laughs> At the present end here. All right, and after that, we are going to roll over to Suya's turn. Word. So, um, Suya, after he, um, you know, try he, he weaves into the little uppercut. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna brush it off. That uppercut was enough to uh, set him off. He's gonna rage out for, as a bonus action for this turn, and he's gonna keep in mind that he's not trying to kill this person as much as it might look so. Um, he is going to try and grapple him as well, throw him to the ground. What roll do I do for that? Yeah, so roll a strength check. So it is going to be a D20 plus your strength modifier. I think if you're raging as Barbarian, you get advantage on strength. Okay, that's what I was thinking. Yep, you get advantage on strength as well as getting a plus two for damage on strength attacks. However, since you're grappling, it's not really an attack. So you will have advantage on this though. So first one's a seven and second one is going to be an 11. Uh, definitely take the 11. I have a um, plus four or six, right? Proficiency as well. Just uh, yeah, four? It's just going to be four because you're not making an actual attack. An actual roll. attack. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, no problem. So then, uh, what is it, 15? Yes. All right. So so you got a 15 and it is going to be opposed by the soldier with a six. So you are able to take his ass to the ground. Perfect. All right. So Suya, you know, he takes his uppercut. He rages out. He's flexing. He's holding back everything not to kill this guy because he doesn't want to as much as he really wants to. He, he goes in. He's going to hit him with like a people's elbow, but not actually hit him with the elbow, but he's going to lay his body across his uh, his chest. So like Suya's going to pretty much like lay his side across of uh, the soldier's chest while he's on the ground. So you could say that you have his side in control. I was so, going to yeah. say he prefers doggy style to mount. Uh, as he um, finishes with um, 
the people as, as he watches <laughs> the studio's going to be able to actually speak words this time what were you guys doing back here in the alleyway and why weren't you guys already prepared with the people's elbow that you gave and simultaneously asking the question he just goes <laughs> <laughs> I won't ask you again. Speak some fucking words. <laughs> if you do not say some actual words, I will rip your throat out with my teeth. Get up. Get up. Get up. All right. Bear with me. I'd like to try to rip off my shit covered underwear and smother his face with it. Not to suffocate him, but just, you know, gas him out a little bit. I will allow that. However, first, I need you to roll strength and strength oppose to make sure that this grapple is going to continue in place. All right. All right. 17 plus 2, 19. All right. You are holding him in place. <laughs> Eat shit. <laughs> So how do you how do you have this guy pinned down again? I've got him on his back, a knee on his spine. One hand is holding his one of his arms behind his back. My other hand's reaching into the back of my pants. I grab the back of my waist pants, and although they are expensive and luxury underwear, I rip them off the back of me. Damn. And I take the front and I cover his mouth and nose with it. So the 19 was to um, keep him grappled. If you are wanting to do your eat shit method, go ahead and roll a d20 for me. And we'll see if you are successfully able to... Against underpants strength? Yes, against underpants strength. That was not... Oh my god! (laughs) Gagging on vomit and shit, as he should. Mm, Beautiful. So you guys going to look at the guy in front of him. He's going to turn his head over to to Luke as he's a little bit. Hey, you want to be like that guy? Better fucking talk. I got more where that came from, buddy. So just to recap what's going on here, one of the guards trapped under Suya. We have another guard eating shit and vomit under Lucas. Ophelia witnessing all this. Well, actually, is there one more person? Yeah, it's the person that Ophelia kicked his eyeball out and then also the one that then in return uh, headbutted her. As well as Gilbert still in the background just, oh, as he's just flossing with Finn. Gilbert's too busy. Gilbert is preoccupied doing his uh, own Gilbert thing. He hasn't finished yet. When he looks like Gilbert, it looks like he's at... Uh, he's got a string cheese just rubbing across his <laughs> It's like that last step after you shower with the towel. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. I don't know what that's like. <laughs> Isn't um, Kane's character like natural form all white? And he's like six foot something and like 120 pounds. Yeah. He's a straw. So what's the positioning between Ophelia? Doggy style. Oh. What? So is the guy standing up in front of Ophelia? How does that look? Yeah, so the guy the guy is still on his feet. Um, Ophelia staggered, kind of took a step or two back. The only two people, minus Gilbert plus Finn, that are still standing are Ophelia and this guard that is missing eye. So Ophelia, it's your turn. What do you okay. want to do? Ophelia is going to grab her forehead and she's going to say, is that the best head you can give me? And then she wants to knee him in the nuts. All right, so go ahead and roll a d20 for an unarmored strike against his kahungas. All right, you pepper his porridge. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> pepper his porridge. Anyway, yeah, so you pepper his porridge, or you get a very good hard kick against his kahungas, and he went from a standing position to a kneeling position to a laying on his side in a fetal position as he just goes... <gasps> Fuck that guy. After that go around, it is looking like things are fairly dire for these three guards. They've all taken a good beating. Your different actions, you can look over and you see Gilbert looks down at this mess that is in front of him and he just realized, oh, you boys are taking too long. We got to wrap this up as he just kind of reaches into his pants and he's able to pull out a a small short sword as he just kind of runs up and then just shanks the two that are still standing. He's all like, we got to go. This was fun. 
fun. I got a good workout. And as he's like running, he's like bench pressing above his head. Um, Finn's just lifeless body. As he shanks the last one through the throat and he goes still, you hear a voice in the near distance scream out. Oh, you fucking assholes are making me work overtime during the day with a hangover. You cocksuckers. And Gilbert, you just hear him go, oh, we have a small problem. We need to hurry. We need to hurry. We need to, we need to hurry. Gilbert, you could have done that the whole time. Why did you make us sit here and fight? I'm covered in shit and vomit now. <laughs> oh, we'll have time to fix that. We need to, we need to fucking go. We, we need to go. <laughs> As you kind of glance back, um, you see the drunkard from the jail cell round the corner that you guys had originally been hiding behind. However, now he is dressed in all black attire, black armor, and you see upon his wrists these claws that are kind of stretching out. So almost like Wolverine claws, but there's four on each wrist. As he kind of walks towards you, it's almost like there's a fog trailing behind him. Gilbert looks back and he goes, oh shit. And he reaches back into his pocket pocket and he grabs out a small orb. Um, it's like almost translucent and he, he just quickly throws it on the ground and it creates a smoke cloud. As Lucas and Ophelia each feel a hand on their shoulder, grab them and start steering them and going as Gilbert says, Suya, we need to go. However, as Suya is getting ready to leave and start running with them and out of the corner of his eye, he can see claws, almost bars of metals stretching out from this gauntlet and he hears the voice of the drunkard. Where did you... <clears throat> Batman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, where do you think you're going? So as this gentleman says that, you feel what you can assume are the claws from the other hand pierce into the back of you. The four blades clearly sticking out the front now dripping in your blood. Having died previously, you can tell that they've most likely pierced vital organs as you slowly feel your life slipping away. <coughs> Did we see this? You guys are being like kind of led on. However, as soon as the claws get thrust through Suya, you guys can all feel on the back of like your head, these like thick raindrops that hit just on like the backside of your neck. If you like swipe your hand across it, it'll come back just red. However, Gilbert doesn't seem to stop. He, he realizes that it's time to just cut his losses. <coughs> oh, fuck. I don't know why this is even... <coughs> This doesn't hurt nearly as much as when I first died. <coughs> this is all you've got. Oh, we're not done yet. And he takes the hand off of his shoulder and also runs it through right next to the other one before he just takes his two arms and pulls them opposite directions, just slicing you in twain. And the party, as they kind of run away, just hear the sounds of wet meat flopping against the cobblestone. Wait, where's Suya? Suya! Ophelia tries to turn around to go help Suya. Yeah, so Gilbert is able to keep such a strong grip on you. Oh, it's too late for him. And he like keeps a firm grip on both Ophelia and Lucas and almost at this point just is dragging them along with him. Yeah, so Lucas is going to try to kick and try to pull the hand off of his wrist as much as he can to try to go fight back the other way. But he just can't break the grip and he's being almost dragged at this point, like his legs dragging. You said... Uh, Gilbert was grabbing Ophelia's shoulder, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, well, she's trying to pull her shoulder out as hard as she can, like, jerking herself. Don't about yourself. <laughs> she's jerking her shoulder away from his hand. His nails are almost digging into her shoulder. It's almost drawing blood. Gilbert is now shedding tears out of each of his eyes in a magnificent display of masculinity as he's dragging you away. He will open up a random sewer drain in a deserted portion of the alleyway um, before he kind of throws you down there like your Ninja Turtles. 
trying to the doorway so I can peer into it. He's seen so many horror movies. He knows not to do this. He's not doing it. No, no, no. He refuses. He's going to wait until he doesn't hear anything. So he was running across the corridor that you first came into, yeah. not the corridor that you opened up the door yeah, to. Yeah. I would have walked into and been using it as a kind of cover to watch. For clarification, corridor A is the corridor you came into, and then corridor B would be the corridor that you opened up at now mutilated door to. Corridor A was the one that you saw the stark white figure walk across, and now you're hiding in corridor B? I'm Yeah, I'm kind of like poking my head back into corridor A, but staying in corridor B until I think the coast is clear. As the pitter-patter gets louder and louder, you feel a warm presence behind you. I'm going to... Can I try and well that energy back up into me? Sure. Um, as I do, I'm going to slowly turn, ready to hopefully unleash it as I look behind me. So as you look behind you, you don't see anything down that corridor. However, that warm feeling still lingers. But now the pitter-patter is growing even louder and still coming from behind you now in corridor A, which you have now turned your back to. So with my shoulder in the doorway still. Question. So these doors, is it like that kind of door where it's just like a rectangular door with two kind of like sight, like sub walls to the side. Kane, this is an audio medium, that kind of door. Wow, well, weird. It's like I was giving the description as I said that. Touche. <laughs> I literally started describing it. You're right. I'm just being an asshole. Sorry. Go on. <laughs> as I said, that kind of door. So <laughs> with two kind of like sub walls beside it that I can hide behind, or was it like a straight up open doorway? No, it, it had walls on the side of it. Okay. Okay, that's what I was trying to hide behind. So whenever I like turn my back to it, I still had my shoulder there. Okay, so as I keep my shoulder on and I look back and I don't see anything, that gives me a good idea where I'm about to start heading towards how close are these pitter-patters. Drawing ever closer every second that you debate. Oh, I'm going to do the dumb thing and I'm going to wait until I think I can surprise this thing. I saw it was on all fours, right? It was on all fours originally when it ran past you. However, now that it is coming back to you and now that the sounds of its footsteps are drawing closer, the gate sounds more more reminiscent of a human, almost as if this entity is now on two legs. Well, I'm a sneaky bitch. I am going to try and... Oh, wait, hold on. Did you try to well up that Eldritch Blast? Did you do anything with that? Uh, no, I was ready to cast it and oh, okay. go through, but gotcha. it just fizzled because I didn't actually go through with it. How fast was it moving? Can you roll perception? Yeah, I can. 14 plus 5, 19. Based off of your perception, you were able to determine that whenever it first ran by on all fours, it was running at about a dog's pace. However, now it seems to be running at a slightly uneven gait of a human. However, it seems to be having speeds now more reminiscent of that of like a horse. Yeah, fuck this. I have to do this because I, I can't run away from it. I'm gonna wait until it's in the doorway and I'm gonna try and clothesline the bitch. As you kind of wait in the doorway, you feel that warm sensation behind you, almost as if it's tugging you. You feel like a, almost like a hook behind the navel as it seems to be like pulling you in that direction. Your instincts at this point are almost screaming at you. Yeah, no, no, fuck it. I'm running. Yeah, I'm, I'm booking it. I'm running. I can't. Yeah. I'm going to hold on to my pointy stick and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to book it wherever this warmth is telling me to go. I don't want to fight this thing anyway. I probably won't win regardless. I'm, yeah, I'm running. I'm running. As you start running, you notice that your body is moving at a quicker speed than what in life you were ever able to move. It seems more reminiscent of how you were accelerating at the place where you first found yourself in this mindscape. This tugging sensation behind the navel is almost steering you down different corridors. Do you follow it? 1000%. I want to follow it. And if I'm ever taking turns 
turns down other doorways. I'm gonna try and open doors as a distraction. Maybe I ran down that corridor or not. Roll stealth for me. All right, come on, die. Be my friend. Uh, 16 plus stealth, uh, 22. 22 for stealth? Yeah, I'm a sneaky bitch. Are you just continuing running down this place or are you like opening doors and then hiding behind one? Or like, how's it, how's it going? It, it, it depends on how hard the essence is tugging. I'm following the pace of the tug. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> God. I guess I would say the essence basically leads you to one of the rooms that you open. Mm -hmm. And with you rolling a 22 in stealth, you can hear that white figure that was chasing you stop in confusion, look around. And for a split second, you can hear him breathing, just. And then as soon as that happens, it goes down into one of the doors that you opened. And now with a lighter tug, <laughs> you can feel the essence start to pull you down that hallway that it was leading you down originally. Do I have shoes on? Yes, you are fully clothed. You are wearing your favorite outfit that you're wearing in life. What would that look like? When it comes to his favorite outfit, um, he has this like kind of super like extra large um, hockey jersey no it's super extra large big, an extra large medium yeah it just grabs his tits that's it and then it's a dress um it's essentially a corset on the upper half yeah no <laughs> that is a mental image i was not prepared for now coming to a store near you <laughs> um and it actually so it was the first gift that he ever got from emmy whenever he gained his quote-unquote freedom and it's of a team that doesn't exist he came up with this drawing whenever he was a kid and it's the plagues it's just this little like platypus looking creature with three like tentacles on its head it almost looks like a baby beholder kind of thing as it's on the front and it's his original drawing just done by a professional and then it's like extra extra large to the point where like it's almost going down to his knees and it's like a kind of like a monk robe or like a priest vestment and then he has black sweatpants and he has these little kind of like what you would wear to a float trip like the toad shoes sandals oh no like the no, individual like toe individual shoes. toe like shoes like the rock climbing type shoes yes okay. very much so because he loved climbing as a kid so he liked to be able to climb whatever and be quiet because he doesn't want to be a disturbance to anyone so he has the quietest shoes that he possibly owns but if yeah if he's wearing his favorite outfit that's pretty much it also just just for fun um that actually says fen on the back of his jersey so you know so once you see this new door that this essence is tugging you towards can you roll an intelligence with advantage with advantage oh god do i have ptsd from just looking at this door our silence, <laughs> our silence speaks volumes <laughs> that's the loudest silence i've ever heard After the events that just perspired, transpired. I don't think that's the right word. Perspired, perspired is sweating. Perspired, whatever. Transpired. Transpired. Yeah, transpired is the word. You're right. I noticed you knocked out the one, your comment from the uh, first recording. If I got to edit this bitch, I'm going to make me sound good. I don't give a fuck. Actually, with the Parthenon joke, I tried. But the thing is, we went from the Parthenon joke to that, to how we were rolling. And then we came back and it just didn't cut together. Uh, like, I, I had to cut yeah, that sure. entire part. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But, but the prison wallet with Aaron was able to stay yeah, in. Yeah, right? <laughs> Fuck you guys, I'm gonna make me sound good. Uh, okay, after what transpires in the sewer where you guys are following, but before you guys keep moving forward, you guys not necessarily get a pain in your hand, but where the sigil on your guys' hand is what we were calling it, you guys get this feeling of sorrow. You guys know that Suya has passed 
and that, you know, he won't be coming back. It, it kind of embraces the link that you guys have within each other with this sigil mark. Ophelia, she wants to communicate with Lucas, but she doesn't want Gilbert to know what she's thinking or going to say. So she's silent, just walking behind him. And she's just so frustrated that it's coming across to Lucas, like through a message. And she's just thinking, should we do something about Gilbert? Not necessarily take him out, but make him pay for making us leave. One of the four people we know out here behind, should we wait until we get to the camp that he's taking us to or wherever he's taking us to um, because it seemed pretty important and the only way we were going to stay alive and she's just having those thoughts like back and forth but it's conveying to Lucas somehow yeah so Lucas starts to kind of hear Ophelia's voice in his head he kind of like looks glances over at her and sees you but I I assume just like kind of walking maybe like staring at the ground kind of thinking and he starts to almost think back like I want to go home like (laughs) this is (laughs) I was not meant for this I don't know why my friend was taken so soon from me. I barely even knew him. He wants to get back at Gilby, but he knows that there's nothing realistically he can do. So I think he just kind of follows along. And I think some of that would be kind of message back towards yeah. you. Yeah. So in response to that, I look at Lucas and I see his, his mouth isn't moving. But I'm like staring at yeah, you. Yeah. So we're just like, holy shit. We're like looking at each other, like all confused, but we're like, okay, let's rock with this. So um, I start communicating with them. Like, what do you think we can do about this? I know you want to go home, but I don't think that's an option right now. So we need to have a plan. I think for now we just follow him and see kind of what transpires. I don't think he's an immediate threat, but going back, I don't think it's an option either because we're I'm assuming wanted at this point by the entire city. I agree. Okay. We'll follow him, but we need to keep our guard up. And hopefully this, and he like gestures to like our heads can stay because <laughs> this is handy. Yeah. So we don't have I to like listen this. to Gilbert. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Oh, so I'm sorry about your friend back there. I think Lucas is just going to stay silent. Just keep walking behind. Don't talk about him. Oh, okay. So we're all going to be on the same page. Um, He didn't happen. He just kind of looked at the two of you like looking for Sorry, acknowledgement. I have a pun in my head and it's just stuck. And that's like <laughs> all I can think of. It was just going to be like something, take you to court and sue you or something. That's <laughs> <laughs> just all I could think about. It's like, fuck, I can't say that right now. <laughs> we can't even go to court. We would be arrested. Right. Yeah, I know. What do you mean he that didn't happen? Oh, I was sent to get you guys, but I didn't realize that you were such a big deal. Sent by who? Oh, the resistance. That's where you're heading. The fucking what? Oh, maybe I didn't make myself clear. Yeah, I was sent to get you out of the capital. However, I did not realize you were such high profile targets that they would send a fucking general after you. That that wasn't a general. This is just... A drunkard. We saw him earlier. That was no drunkard. That was Scorno of the Night Claws. It's lucky any of us made it out of there. Your friend is a hero. He sacrificed himself. You sacrificed him. Semantics. Whatever. Can you explain the resistance a little bit more? Oh, I can give you a quick rundown. With the resistance, there are leaders and lieutenants mirroring that almost of the capital itself. However, we fight for equality and for treatment of all of the mark to be equal and not treated as third-rate citizens or slaves in most cases. They're just fucking people. What what the fuck's going on? Why? What's the difference? Oh, the marked are treated as third-rate citizens. They were people that were brought here originally as slaves and told that they'd be given their free to work. I think a common term for it is indentured servants. However, once that was done and their terms were over, miraculously, most of them realized that nothing changed. That sounds about right. So so where are we going now? I'm taking you guys to the resistance capital, underground. We call it the resistance. Okay, that's 
clear that you call it the resistance. Yes. Very to the point. Yeah, yes. we, we oh. thought so too. There was many discussions. Some said the super awesome secret resistance base, but resistance just kind of won out. <laughs> So after that, you guys interacted with Gilby. There was about another 10-minute walk where you guys are walking through the sewers and you guys feel like this is stretching on for forever. Like, you guys feel like that we're, we're lost. We don't know what we're doing. Like, we don't know where we're here. And then you guys come to the end of this hallway where it tees off and then you guys see this person with a bandana around his face and he says, nice to see you're still alive. Oh, I try my best. Who's, who's that around your... Shoulders. Why does he have a shit stain uh, on his torso? The fight got a little dirty. You can't be doing this shit, man. Like, we know what you fucking did. Why are you being so weird? We sent you on a rescue mission. Then the guy in the bandana looks to Ophelia and he says, did he floss his ass cheeks with them again? You've done this before. You have no proof. Dude, we know what your shit smells like. You know what? I'm not even going to do this with you. Is he still alive? Oh, he acted like it based off the other one whenever he was uh, getting drug around. And as soon as he realizes he mentioned the other one, he instantly shuts his mouth because he knows that he said what's just incriminated him. There's supposed to be four. There's only there's only three here. What what happened? Oh, one, two, three, four. And he points to himself on the fourth one. <laughs> We're all here and accounted for. Fuck face. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is you were supposed to save three people. In total, there's supposed to be five. Where is the... You know what? I don't need to do this with you. Is he... Let me see his eyes. So he looks and he goes to Finn and he kind of opens his eyelid a little bit and he goes... <sighs> Fuck, I don't even know what that is. Take him to Mikey, and I think he should have a solution for him. The guy in the bandana looks towards Ophelia and Lucas and says, Well, welcome. I'm sorry about that. Will your other friend be joining us? Did he get left behind? What happened? Well, your friend here is flossing his ass cheeks. Our friend was getting stabbed in the back by, was it Scorno? Oh, in my defense, he came after I flossed. No, you came after <laughs> you <laughs> flossed. <laughs> Drop albino boy over there off at Mikey and then take them two to Hope. She's been waiting for you. Can I try to catch him before I know he's about to drop him on his fucking head? <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, as soon as he says drop him before he even finishes his sentence, Gilby just kind of like flexes his shoulders and he just kind of rolls off of his back. Right. And then Lucas, you said you wanted to try and catch him. Yes. Roll, roll, for, <laughs> roll for dexterity. It's a nine plus two. Oh, Velvin. So you catch him by like the armpits. So you stick your arms out like it's almost like a truss fall and then hit his feet hit, but like you were able to catch him. All the important parts. Yeah, all the important parts, yeah, are, are yeah. safe. He still hit the ground. But his head's not split. Can I look at his eyes and see if I see anything weird with them? Yeah. Like, like what do I see when uh, I look at his roll, eyes? Roll, roll, Akrana. 15 plus five for some reason. You look into his eyes and you see these like demonic wraiths just circling his iris. Yeah. Yeah, Lucas kind of feels like scared for his friend, but he's also somewhat relieved that he like at least appears and he can feel that he's alive, um, at least for the time being. And he tells Ophelia, he's like, feel, I can feel like he's still alive. He's just in some sort of state. Maybe we could try to find someone to help him. So the guy with the bandana is uh, looks at you and he says, yeah, Gilby over here will take you to Mikey. He's a resident artificer. Don't get it twisted. He looks young, but he knows more about this blue aura than anybody. I know that you guys are in a particular situation. I don't know many details. Uh, all I know is that I was supposed to wait here for, you know, dipshit over here. But he he should be able to take you to the right place and get you guys where you guys needed to go. Um, before you guys go to see Hope, hit up... What the fuck was her name? The seamstress that we had. Forgot her name. Her name's Pepper. <laughs> Doctor. <laughs> Brought I, to you by <laughs> I'm not gonna lie to you I didn't get that until you said doctor and I was like wow that's fucking genius <laughs> maybe uh, okay then so yeah we're gonna just go to Pepper Pepper works yeah Pepper works so he looks at you and he says uh, 
yeah, you guys look a little worse for wear. So just uh, go see Pepper before you guys go to see Hope. Gilby, take them to Pepper and then take them to Hope. Do you do you understand? Oh, take them to Hope and Pepper. Got it. God, I fucking hate this guy. I, I don't hate you, buddy. You just need to think through things, you know? Oh, well, I'm in for an ass chewing. So I guess if you guys want to follow me, I'll take you to Pepper. Is there anyone else that could take us or like, is there, do you have a supervisor? Just, I'll, I'll, I'll take them. I'm a lieutenant. I'm actually Gilby's caretaker in a sense. Oh, so like a special uh, ed teacher, right? Yeah. So like Lenny and, uh, George, George and Lenny situation. Yeah. yeah. Don't know who those people are. I would love to meet them. Um, <laughs> but yeah, my, my name is Dan. Gilby actually outranks me, but it, let's just say he doesn't like give direction. He's more of just like a... Oh, I beat the shit out of everything and floss and look Why don't you go to Hope? Why, uh, don't, why don't you do that? Why, why, don't you, why don't you say hi to her and like give her the mission report? I heard she actually has your favorite thing there. Oh, baby oil for my muscles on my way. And then you see Gilby just start to sprint. <laughs> to <hope. laughs> Who hauls out? Does it shake like... <laughs> is he that big? He runs like a big baby. Like, you know how a toddler runs? <laughs> yeah. He like, runs is he like, a titan? <laughs> the baby titan. The fucking, arms. Yeah. So, yeah. Think of a baby titan from Attack on Titan. That That is how he, he runs. Except one person is like too close to him. And as he runs, his hand accidentally whips him and they just go fucking flying <laughs> into a wall. Dan comes up to Lucas and Ophelia and says, he's got a good heart, but he just doesn't know when to act. And why we sent him on a solo mission is... Is it's above my say. I went against it, but there's only so much I could do. Anyways, we're really sorry about your friend, and I'll tell you what, um, let's 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 take uh, what, what's what's his name? And he points to the guy sitting on. Uh, well, that's your hold. That you're basically carrying. Like, yeah, I'm dragging. Um, this is you can call him Finn. Let's get him to the right people to make sure that he's okay. As far as because uh, I mean I don't I don't know your relationship to him, but if you don't mind me asking, what what happened to him? I'm gonna take this one. <laughs> Basically, uh, we ran into Mr. High and Mighty Asriel, and there was this big commotion. And before we skedaddle on out of there, he said some like words that sounded like a spell, and he boom out cold. We had to carry his body from point A to point here. Did he say any words or anything like that? How did you know it was a spell? Was he hit with anything that you didn't see? Does he have any like any? He was. He just said words, but not like English words that we speak. It was just like whisperings, like a. That's fucking what it sounded like, except like 15 seconds and then boom, he was out. Okay. Um, that seems like it's some high level magic. Like that, that seems like above our pay, my pay grade at least. Um, I mean, I help out in the infirmary, but I don't, I mean, I, I don't operate. It's good that you told me this. It, I can get them to the right place. He looks towards Lucas and he says, here, um, just light him down on the ground lightly and uh, we'll take him this way. And then he pushes his hand up and then it's almost like these little block shapes come up and like form a stretcher. And he says, here, this should be easier for you. All right, let's, uh, let's get to walking. And then you guys just start walking through this town. So as you guys are walking, you can kind of look around. It seems like there's a variety of people, some of which are like, in a hurry to get from point A to point B where others are just kind of meandering or taking their time. As you're walking through, you're able to pass what appears to be like a mess hall. Um, you see what appear to be shops. Um, it almost seems like people are just living in a more or less underground city. Like this resistance is less of a base or camp and more of just an underground civilization. 
almost like mole people. And as you guys are kind of walking through, you see a variety of different races, all of which have a symbol on their hands. It's different from the symbol that you guys have on yours, as well as different from the one that you have seen on Asriel. However, it does appear to be the same ones that were on like, for instance, his string quartet, as well as um, a few other people that you've seen, some of the people that were in the jail cells in the courthouse with you. Um, you just kind of are meandering through, not too big of a hurry. However, it does seem like Lieutenant Dan is kind of ushering you along at a relatively brisk pace. You can kind of gleam that it's most likely because your companion Finn is in a stable yet unpredictable state. So Dan, what, what makes me and Ophelia and um, Suya and my friend here, Finn, so important? Why did you send somebody out to save us? Yeah, um, I can't really talk about it here out in the open, but once you guys meet with Hope, she's like the leader down here. She kind of gives the orders and everything. Um, she'll kind of divulge more into that, but I mean, I can't necessarily say too much around here. I'm going to look at Ophelia <laughs> and try to talk to her in my head, but realize I can't. <laughs> so I'm just staring at her. All right, buddy, you look intense. What's going on? Ophelia says, like, through our minds. Do you think we should go talk to this Hope chick? I think we should see what's going on, because I don't even know why we're so important, but I want to figure it out. Yeah, if anyone's got answers, it's got to be her. Again, we need to stay on our guard. We look back to Dan after staring at each other. <laughs> we're making facial expressions, too, that go yeah. like, with our talking, so it looks like we're fucking I'm, like, crazy. nodding my head. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Lieutenant Dan looks at Ophelia and Lucas and says, Are you guys okay? Uh, no, I'm like, not okay. I just I watched my friend die. Well, you look constipated. I think we got hit with some of that Azrael blast and it's kind of made us a little weird. Tr Trust so. me, I'm not constipated. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy, man. And then he. <laughs> Damn, bro. And then he keeps walking and then you guys finally arrive to Pepper. Hey, so you guys can go in there. I'm going to go deliver Finn. Do you see that shop, like, right two shops down right there? It has the blue neon sign on it. Yeah. You I see it. that? Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. I, mean, I, I don't know, know why you guys. But, but I'm not leaving them. Like, I'll, I'll go with you and drop them off and then get closed, but I'm not going to let you just take them. He waves his hand over for you guys to continue walking with him, and you guys arrive at the shop of Mikey. Once you see this door, the essence is tugging you more towards it, but you're hesitant as if you know this door, but the closer you move towards it, the more you're starting to get this headache, almost as if you can see someone actually banging on this door. This warm light that has been guiding you is pulling you more and more towards it. What do you do? I look backwards, actually, from where I came from before I go in, trying to get, can I hear any footsteps? At this moment, no, but the last that you heard of him, he did still sound relatively close by. I'm going to open the door. What do I see? For some reason, as you look around, everything looks bigger, but you look like you're closer to the ground as almost like you've gotten smaller. And then you hear a voice from in this house. You look around, you see a lazy boy chair with the recliner out and nobody's in it, but you see beer bottles near and you hear a man groaning in the kitchen, moving pots and pans as if he's trying to look for something. And I recognize where I'm at? Like, yes. As in like, yes. okay. Do I recognize what I'm doing at that time? You recognize that this is your childhood house, but as far as what you're doing, you're just coming home. You actually have a backpack on. As I walk in the doorway, noticing, hearing the groaning, hearing things starting to be moved aggressively, I immediately put down my backpack. I grab the 
washcloth and the Windex, and I go over to the showcase with the metals, and I start immediately cleaning them off. Well, with you cleaning off the metals, they're making a clanging sound and everything like that, right? Uh, yeah, I'm trying to be as quiet as possible, but I'm still a kid, so... Right, right, right. Um, so you hear the pots and pans like start to settle, and then you hear like this quiet, thin, thin. Yes, sir. What are you doing home so early? Um, I, I, it, it's two thirty. I usually come home around this time. It is not too, too. I'll, I'll be, I'll be damned. Did you change these clocks? No, no. Did no. you change I, these? I, I can't reach them. You better not be fucking with me. I, I'm, I'm not, sir. I'm sorry, sir. Do you want me to go fix the clocks? Don't you touch a fuck. You know what? Go to your room. Go, go. I said go to your fucking room. He, he, I, I put the metal down very, very carefully. And I grab my back and I, I, I sprint up. What does your room look like? The barren room with only a large wooden box and the HVAC unit to the side. There is a laundry chute and a folded load of laundry on a little ironing board as I put down my book, my book bag on my little square. His name is Richard. And then I kind of sit in my corner and make sure there are no spiders in there anymore. And then I wait in silence. So from downstairs, you can hear him pacing back and forth and him mumbling to himself. He's fucking boy. He's just fucking, he's just too fucking smart for his own good. I mean, just try, try to do all I can to fucking raise him. Just, Scarlett, I just feel like this would be a lot easier if you were here. It's him. It's fucking him. I was having a fucking good day until he was here. As, as he starts going to this mumbling that happens, I'm going to take the belt that hangs to the right of the HVAC unit and I start um, hitting my back. Because I have heard this monologue many times, I know what's coming next yeah. and I'm just getting a head start on it that so, hopefully it doesn't go as long. As soon as you start doing that, that warm essence comes back and right before that belt can make contact with your back, you see this glowing light of Esmeralda grab your hand. Slowly what follows after that, whenever you're looking into her eyes, you hear the footsteps following up the stairs going closer and closer and closer and once that door opens almost like if it was a ghost she disappears but instead of seeing your dad you see the white figure from before and you know this is your changeling form except the eyes are just blackened over as soon as he gets to you he grabs your face do you do anything as it grabs my face and it's no longer my dad it's just my changeling form the fear that i had because i only fear one thing in this world and that's him is quickly enveloped by rage and a lot of self-loathing and do i still have the belt yeah yeah because she, she just grabbed your wrist then as it grabbed my face i'm gonna wrap my hand real quick and put the metal end and just square hook right into the face of the no i guess I'm, am i still small yeah so picture this his hands are grabbing both sides of your face like smushing it together and it, there's an immense pressure on your face he has your head in somewhat of a control then i'm gonna wrap the belt around my hand i'm gonna try and uppercut i'm just gonna like my head can't move i'm just gonna try and push as much force as i can just straight up so as your fist comes swinging up and it makes contact with that 
changeling form, where that fist strikes his his chin, you feel an immense pain hit yours as well at the exact same time. As my head starts to ring with that white pain in my head, I almost enjoy it because I think I deserve it. And I'm going to throw a body shot at the left side of its body, trying to make some sort of dent. By left, do you mean your left or his left because you're facing each other? Uh, it'll be my left. I'm left-handed, so that would have been the first thought. Yeah. So as the strike lands, you also feel a pain on your right side. Yeah! And then I'm going to try and grab the thumb and just wrench back as hard as I can, trying to snap his thumb. So as you grab his thumb and start trying to pull, his hands go from being on the side of your head to moving around to where then they cover your eyes. And as they cover your eyes, everything just goes black momentarily. With a lot of loud buzzing and shit going on, um, like saws and electrical sounds coming in, you see that this um, electrical sounds like the <laughs> insert <laughs> random yeah. electrical noises here. <laughs> bing, bing, boing. <laughs> I got you. All I got of you. Those in. <laughs> yeah. So you guys bing, enter into this, and then you guys boing. can see this is like a giant workshop with half of it being like mechanical boing. gear, where bing, you can bing. see that Mikey is working on something big and. You guys from Earth automatically think, oh my god, he's making the Power Ranger mech. But it, th what's weird about it is that it doesn't necessarily look human. It looks more like a dragon. Oh yeah, it looks more like a drag. It looks more like a mythical dragon. It's like shit. a reptile. What yes. kind of no, oh, okay. no, 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 no. I'm sorry. It is, it is Reptar. It is Reptar. Yes. So <laughs> you see him. Too. Yeah. You see him building basically Reptar from Rugrats. And then Dan is yelling at like the top of his lungs and he's saying, hey, 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 uh, Mikey. And then he goes over to the light switch and he starts flicking it on and off. You see this kid. He's no older than like 12 or 13. Very, very young. And you see him and he goes, Hey, hey, stop with the lights. I'm in the middle of something. Hey, you might want to come down. We, we got some shit for you to do. I'm already doing stuff. I need you to do this. This is, this is not per my order. This is per hope. <sighs> Fine. And you guys look at Mikey. He's probably sitting at around about 5'3". He has long surfer boy type of hair that parts down the middle. He also has these really, really baggy pants and shit. He looks more formal, but he also looks like he's definitely comfortable in what he's wearing. His eyes glow with this bright blue essence, and there's no like black iris in his eye. So yeah, Mikey turns his head towards Ophelia, and he kind of looks her up and down, taking a special care to kind of glance at her hand, and then he does the same thing over at Lucas. He kind of glances over, gives him a once-over, and then once again kind of focuses his attention in on his hand. Curious. And he then sees Finn just on a stretcher, kind of being pulled along next to them. Hmm. Very curious. He kind of goes over and just kind of starts poking him in his side, like in his ribs, just seeing and waiting for reaction that doesn't come and then he he opens up his eyelid hmm interesting yeah just under his breath he's like hmm gilby and he looks over at lieutenant dan gilby 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 hmm he appears to be mm, my prognosis would be that he's unconscious wait are, are you serious like is that all you got from looking at his eyes mm, magic unconscious we're fucked <laughs> we are super fucked <laughs> Well, do you want the long answer or the short answer? How do we fix them? Hmm. Depends on what you're referring to fixing. These changelings are very unfixable. Anyway, the long, 
the long answer of why he is like this and he just starts rambling and giving a lot of like equations and statistical quotas see the a squared upon the b squared times the c squared creates a paradox time frame inside of his eyes in mental space and creates a wormhole continuum inside of the back of his retina that projects and puts a blue spectrum upon his eyes which creates a and he just keeps going and going and going and it's just completely above what Ever you guys are saying and as he notices that your eyes kind of like are unfocused and you guys are absorbing nothing that he's saying mm, magic unconscious like I said I'm, I'm sorry uh, I know how this looks and I, I have to explain this a lot just let him do his work uh, if you guys want your guys friend back this is probably the best way so is he gonna be here until he recovers mm, here three feet to the left maybe four to the right and he just kind of blinks at you three like duh <laughs> I look to the sane one <laughs> Man, they're all weird. I like I can't. I I, I don't know what. <laughs> I just want to know if we go leave and I come back, is he still going to be here? Or are you moving him somewhere else, Mikey? Hmm? So, are you going to be working on our friend Finn here in here, or you, do you need to take him somewhere else? Mm, I might carry him up into the mech. I was kind of in the middle of something. I'll get to him when I get to him. Okay. Hope wanted to see what you could do now. Is there any way that you can maybe prioritize this? <sighs> This isn't me. This is Hope. Fine. Okay. When should we come back? Mm. And you could almost see like the calculations going on in his head. Mm. I would say you can come back in roughly 10,800 seconds. Okay. All right. Um, can you quantify that to hours to me? <sighs> Three hours. So Mikey kind of looks at you guys and he's like, shoot, shoot. As he kind of like ushers with his hands, he's like, leave. And you just look back and you just see him pull up like what looks like a concrete buzzsaw as his hand in his hands and it just starts revving up with insert Tyler noises here. <laughs> I was going to use the original Tyler noises, but that's even better. That's so good. Oh, shit. Okay. To what you guys didn't notice before, because it was just a wide open workshop, uh, he shoes you guys out to what looks like a line in the ground, but is actually to these ginormous garage doors that are actually closing to you. Yeah, I mean, I guess as, as it's closing, I'll be like, hey, take care of him. Take, you hear me now? Try to like, make eye contact. Take, make sure you take care of him. I'll be back in at least three hours, at most three hours. <laughs> Fix him. Very good. I shall try. As you guys exit Mikey's shop, you guys walk out of the busy street where Lieutenant Dan is now leading you guys to Pepper Shop. Whatever they're drinking in the water here, we're not taking it. Yeah. Wait, well, what else are we going to drink? <laughs> I can hear you. Thanks. Yeah. Actually, these people are saving your friends' lives. So maybe you guys should be just like a little bit more considerate. Yeah. Okay. Well, they only saved one of them. So. <laughs> <laughs> And you guys, uh, you guys just keep walking. You guys arrive to uh, Pepper's shop. You guys open up the door with a little ding to a little bell that was uh, rang on you guys' entrance. Ding. Thank you, Brett. <laughs> we needed that. That wasn't <laughs> me. That was Tyler's. Oh, that was Tyler. Yeah. That was Brett. What? Wait. That, that was Tyler. I was. I was <laughs> yeah, it was. Did you not make I'm that? I'm gonna find out noise? in the edit. Really. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure it was. I was going to say and pause and then I was going to have Tyler make me. ding noise. Anyways, there's like clothes hanging all about on both walls. Just a conveyor belt of just clothes spinning and spinning and spinning. It's very steampunk type of clothes, like very rustic, very stylish. Um, some of them are low key. Some of them are flamboyant. A lot of leather. Throughout all the clothes that you see, there's a commonality through all of it. And it's that there's this almost like a hexagonal pattern on the inside of it that glows blue damn i'm gonna have to talk to myself okay <laughs> god damn it. okay i know no, I, I was it. gonna say i can it. do pepper no i can do, i can do it okay i can do it dan 
Pepper, <laughs> always great to see you. You can see that Pepper is this older type of lady that has like some skin tags on her face and she's very worn down. She looks like she uses a walker, but her place smells amazing, but it's all filled with this smoke that is coming from her pipe. She takes a drag of her pipe, <sighs> blows it almost towards Lieutenant Dan's face, but Lieutenant Dan like kind of moves his head to the side and says, hey, so Hope wanted me to bring them by and uh, see if you can outfit him with something more. And he looks towards uh, Lucas and Ophelia and he says uh, something more probably like accommodating. And then she looks towards Lucas and says, how dare you come into my shop and think that I can't outfit anybody with anything. I can't believe you had the gumption, the gall to come up to me. No, no, no. That's not what I'm saying. No, 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 no. You can shut the fuck up. Now you, and she points to Ophelia and she goes like, you come here. All right. Step on the platform. Now move. Step on the platform. Ophelia steps on the platform. <laughs> She's afraid of Pepper. Pepper comes up to you, gets face to face with you. And then she also puts down her glasses that she has up in her hair. And then from her glasses, you can see like, like in Spy Kids, you remember like the <laughs> microscope that comes down? <laughs> you remember the microscope that comes down and like a you can zoom in? A fucking That's Spy Kids 2 reference. How about that? <laughs> Anyways, so you see that come down and like with the mini frames come down. She's looking at you. She's checking you up and down. She goes... Honey, you're beautiful, but what the fuck are you wearing? No, 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 you don't need to speak. Let me just take care of you. A whole bunch of machinery pops up from the platform that you're standing on, starts taking measurements. All right, honey, what style are we looking for? We're looking for gold, gaudy, something magnificent to accent your face, or you want to go low-key, subtle, sleek. What are you wanting? I am more of a low-key person. Doc, debonair, I love it. Just trust me. She looks over at Lucas and she goes... You next big boy. Oh, I'm getting like hard Edna Mode vibes from like <laughs> holy shit. This is Edna Mode. <laughs> did you not? Holy did you not base no. that off of holy crap? I was that's thinking hilarious. like old smoker that looks like a witch. That <laughs> she smokes technically <laughs> yeah, the, the French cigarette or whatever. I didn't even think of that. That's I'm hilarious. Spike <laughs> Kids Two reference. Okay, so <laughs> well, she looks at Ophelia and she goes like, "Okay, colors. What were you thinking?" You think a low key, you want to go darker, you want to go lighter, what do you want to do? Dark. Darker. Okay. All right. How are we thinking of this? Her index finger lights up like it's E.T. and she attempts to touch your forehead. I like flinch backwards. As soon as you flinch, there's another mechanical arm that comes towards the back of your head and pushes your head forward. I don't get consent. <laughs> you don't need consent. Um, <laughs> once she touches your forehead, your body, you leave outside of your body almost like in an astral form. And then she looks at you and, all right, so this is what we're thinking. And then almost in a flash, you can see like this synthetic type of of material start to weave over your body. Pepper went all dark. She did all black. She's wearing a hooded cape, which has the hood over. So her face is darkened from the shadow and she's wearing a black like face mask. And then she's wearing like a corset, but she has like long sleeves and like almost fingerless gloves. And then she's wearing like leather pants almost. And then she has like a couple of black belts just to add to the design. She's almost completely covered in like black fabric except for her eyes. And that's all you can see. And then maybe like her hair, which comes down into like a widow's peak almost. So like Kakashi. So you're going, Absolutely. So you're going like, oh my a God. like a hooded Kakashi, basically. Ooh, boots. I forgot that. Yeah, she's wearing uh, black boots too. 
What do they go up to? Are we talking like ankle, like, like normal, uh, like hiking boots, or are we talking like calf or almost knee high? Knee highs. Yeah. Okay. What she described is basically what she goes into once the suit is done being wove. But then she goes into like the more specific features of it. Since Hope made this special ordered, I had to make it combat ready. So we're gonna add in some more features. We're gonna add in the best of what we can do. We wove in the metal strands into your cloak to make it as if it was this type of armor. So Pepper then looks towards Luke. Want you just a handsome young man. And then to her, she like pats your face, but it feels like a fucking <laughs> rock. Clubbed. Yeah, you're getting clubbed. And then she like grabs your cheek and she goes, good boy. And then she like drags you over to the metal stand after Ophelia is re-entered back into her body. And then she throws you up there. I do have one question. What the fuck is that blue aura that I'm literally seeing everywhere? Pepper then looks at Dan and says, I got to deal with the clothing over here. Dan, take care this mess so then dan looks at you and he says do you really not know what this is no i do not i've never seen that before i also don't know what it is <laughs> so to kind of explain what it is it's, it's an energy source it's like electricity but it's stronger and why we appreciate mikey's work so much is that even the, the best of the best don't really know what this stuff is but it's powerful and then we go back to pepper and pepper is dragging Lucas, and he enters in the platform. What were you thinking? What does your mind's eye want from this experience? I, I actually have a special request. <laughs> it's secret. Is it a fucking Who Let the Dogs Out sweatshirt? It's an edit to my Who Let the Dogs Out sweatshirt. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what the fuck? Oh, that's what you meant. Okay, yeah, we can do that. We can do that. Okay. She lifts her finger and the same thing that happened to Ophelia happens. She puts her finger towards your forehead and do you do anything? Do you? I, I feel like I saw what happened to Ophelia, so I just embrace it. Pepper pushes her finger onto his forehead. His body escapes as if he's like astral projecting and she starts assembling his clothing. Lucas is going to go into describing what that looks like. Yeah, so the, the main piece of Lucas's uh, new getup is where he had the Who Let the Dogs Out sweatshirt. It's essentially the same thing, except it's made of a heavier and more durable material, but also on the head of every dog is what looks like Suya's head in his beast form in commemoration of his lost friend. That's so cute. <laughs> but really disturbing. <laughs> and then other than that, it just looks like khakis. <laughs> but, um, you sound like a Target employee. Like, what the fuck? I was not expecting you to do that. Fuck it. We're going to just keep going. Fuck it. Yeah, like, whatever. This gets popular. <laughs> we need to make merch of that. Shout out to the homies <laughs> on the sweatshirt. How many dogs are on the Who Lets the Dogs Out t-shirt? Three. Three. And they're all Suya's head. Is yeah. it like a Cerberus kind of thing? You know? I like, like that, a yeah. fluffy? Yeah, we'll yes. like a Cerberus. <laughs> A three-headed dog. So can you explain to me, like, is it baggy? Is it tight-fitting? Like, is there any features in it? Like, what oh, is it? Yeah. Like, as far is as, like, what is it? Neck? Yeah, so it'll be, like, <sighs> fuck you. Don't do that. <laughs> don't, please don't do that. <laughs> Turtleneck and khakis. <laughs> it'll be, like, a bright red. And it's a little bit baggy, which is fine. Cause he, doesn't, he doesn't like his turtlenecks to fit tight. <laughs> and then his, uh, he's got, like, khakis that fit him pretty nice and tight. So it's a turtleneck sweatshirt. It's a red turtleneck sweatshirt. A little baggy, just the way he likes it. Um, and then there's a man on it letting go of what looks like Cerberus, but instead of all the heads are instead Suya. And then the back of it says gone, but never forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> How the fuck does Pepper respond? <laughs> Pepper, put your astral projection back into your body. You, from that unconscious state, wake up. So, uh, is this what you were looking for? Is this, this is exactly what I was looking for. Are you sure? 
all my life. We made it combat ready like we did hers, but um, I just want to make sure you like what you like, you know, because it's a statement. <laughs> it's saying something. Yeah, I, I love it. Thank you, Pepper. You, you, cr- you truly are a master of what you do. She looks towards Ophelia and she goes like, recommend anybody you like. And then she looks at Lucas and she goes, have a great day. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything else you guys are needing? Anything that I could help with? I also have a friend I'd like to get clothes for. I don't know if, if I can design it for him. I have a couple ideas. <laughs> oh, no. Are you sure that you want to be the one designing this? Yeah, I feel like I know him pretty well. Okay, um, what were you thinking? How am I the DM and I don't know what is about to fucking... <laughs> no, I don't know what's about to happen. Describe this. So, do you know his sizes or anything? Because I can't start without knowing that. Um, Like a solid medium. Well, what's, what's his race? Yeah, he's a changeling. Changeling. Okay, so we're going to need something that expands to what his needs are. So we're going to need a different type of fabric. Fabwick. <laughs> the fuck? I like that. I like that. Fabwick. I like Fab- that. Are you Elmer Fudd now? I'm hunting wabbits. I'm hunting wabbits. I'm like a double wide surprise. Oh, Jesus Christ. Christ. Okay, so. All right. Well, okay. This makes my job infinitely easier. So she comes back after the machinery starts to woven together a combat ready suit for Finn. And I'll let TJ go into the explanation of what that is. Thriller, a classic song that changed times. Pepper designs a the full red jumpsuit from Thriller, full with like the red pants, the black uh, shiny tap dancing shoes, and the black and red jacket. And on the back, it's got a giant face of Michael Jackson that says number one fan. Um, and it stretches and contracts to uh, whatever size he can fit. Pepper then gives you a bag with the clothes that you just described in it and then she looks at you and as you go to reach for the uh, bag she says get out of my shop <laughs> so just takes the bag and hurriedly like walks out and then Pepper looks at Ophelia and she goes stop by anytime honey she looks at Dan and she goes I still know you slept with my daughter and then she walks out and then Lieutenant Dan's face just gets red and he goes like yeah yeah so we should probably uh, get leave now we should leave now no oh, Lieutenant then- Dan who's her daughter is that yeah, so, uh, sorry, Lucas is calling me outside, so I gotta... Okay. I follow him behind. Okay, laughing. so oh, they okay. all follow behind and they all come out of the shop. So you guys then make your guys' way back to Mikey to go check on Finn. You guys are walking, you guys arrive. Wait, do you guys want to talk to Dan about anything before you guys... I'm interested about Pepper's daughter. I don't want to let that go. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to Pepper's daughter? Uh, nothing happened to... Hit it and quit it? When you're an adult and I'm you... I'm 30 years old. You're 30 years old? <laughs> I did not even realize. You don't You don't look your age. You know, I hear that a lot, actually, mm-hmm. okay? Yeah. yeah. When you're an adult, you, you make decisions that you aren't necessarily so proud of, but you you make them and then he just keeps walking and he's like moving at a faster pace. Now, do you, is there anything you want to do? No, I'm going to let him go this time. Okay. So then he keeps walking uh, with like this uh, urgency. The three hour time limit has finally came up and you guys are back at the garage. You guys come in and then the garage doors have been opened again to <laughs> Reptar. <laughs> you guys see Finn basically hooked up to monitors and give general hospital noises, Tyler, please. Beep. Beep. Hospital. Dan walks up to Mikey and he goes, so how's he looking? I mean, it looks like there's been no progress made. Wait, wait, hold on. Did you, did you work on the the machine? Of course not. Even I'm not a simpleton. I know not to defy Hope's orders. Okay. So what's the status? I thought you said that we, we would see some progress by 
three hours. I still have 36 seconds left. Okay, we'll wait the 33 seconds then. 33 seconds pass by, and TJ, can you give us the do 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 uh, you see his foot almost like stepping on a crank, kind of like a barber chair that like as you step on it, it raises the barber chair. Although every time he steps on it, it raises this platform up like six feet. And he just continuously does that until it looks like eye level with Reptar at this point. I mean, we're not probably saying Reptar. It's eye, it's <laughs> I think we roll with Reptar. Yeah, yeah we can roll with Reptar. Reptar's fine. Yeah. So yeah, so he, he keeps pumping this platform up until it's about eye level with Reptar. And then it looks like two bay doors like on a bomber plane kind of just open up and you are staring up into almost like a pitch black void and you hear mikey countdown three two one as blue lightning just emerges from this dark void and just strikes down right on top of finn So as, as it goes black, you feel a warm sensation envelop your body and the pressure that was previously on it disappears along with the pain that you just experienced from the shared senses that you're feeling between yourself and your changeling form. So as you almost come to, as your eyes open and you see light, you feel yourself laying on what feels like a bed as you're staring up at an unfamiliar ceiling. It looks like the ceiling of a hospital room. And as your senses kind of sharpen and come back into focus, you realize that you're laying on a hospital bed with the beeping and the sounds of hospital equipment in this room with you. Off to your right side, you can hear a voice says, well, it's good to see that you're awake. Hey, my eyes drift over lazily. How old do I feel? <laughs> as old as you were whenever you died. So yeah, I'd be around 20. Might as well drift over to this person. Well, you come to find out that it's Esmeralda, but she has this glow to her as if that warmth that you were feeling guiding you was her. I can't emote too much as I'm immensely drained, but as I kind of look over, I think about one of my favorite stories I used to hear from her and will say... 1010. So 1010 is actually whenever Finn was a child, 1010 was what he would say whenever she would read a story because he couldn't say thank you. So he would say 1010. That's just one of the little things that he would say to Esmeralda and only they know. So 1010 means thank you. She looks back at you and says, you're welcome. Um, man, you haven't said that to me in years. How are you feeling? I haven't really been around to say anything, <laughs> but um, I'm sorry that I couldn't have been around for this part. I, it's about time I figure out something on my own for once. <laughs> Just because you go at it alone doesn't mean that you're truly alone. Yeah, I can tell. So do you know what's going on? For the lack of a better terms, I can kind of tell by the lack of hair. And um, the way you look right now, it, it seems like the illness is uh, taking its toll. It's not the only thing. I miss you. You know, Finn, we don't choose to leave this world, but to know somewhere, someplace that you got a second chance, to know that you can take the things that you've learned and apply them into a chance to make them better. And she grabs your hand that's weak and clenches tightly and says, for me, don't waste it. Can you promise me that? He doesn't respond. As tears start to flow down his 
cheeks, he can't make a promise to her that he doesn't know he can keep. And she then embraces him and you wake up. Ready to go, I'm not ready to leave. I need answers for this pain, for the struggle, for the strife. Please let me know. Peace is all I need. Till then, I'm a push, I'm a pull, I'm a fight. Wherever I go, my destiny is near. I'll do whatever it takes. I'll pay whatever the price. Cause all I really know is even in the end, I'ma find a way to live, even in our afterlife. A big thank you to everybody who has listened this far in this adventure. We cannot be more appreciative of all of our listeners and all the people who have taken the time out of their day to listen to the story that we have all put a lot of time and effort into. We have Aaron Phoenix as Suya Hoki, Aaron Rash as Ophelia Afton. We have Kane Harrison as Findalto Pendleton, Tyler Waddell as Lucas Gray, Brett Benner as the co-DM and writer, Ivan Booth as the campaign supervisor and writer, Harvey A. Cook as the art director and lead animator. We also have Raven Reed as a marketing coordinator. And lastly, we have myself as the lead writer, lead DM, and lead editor for Afterlife. If you missed last episode, no need to fret. You can find our podcast anywhere podcasting is available. If you want any updates concerning Afterlife, please follow at Afterlife underscore pod on all social media platforms. Other than that, the next episode releases on February 6th. We'll see you then.